0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, December 22, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. Contrary to popular opinion, sanctions placed by the United States and international groups on other countries aren't meant to wreck those economies but instead exert specific pressure on specific groups of people. Emma Ashford, a visiting research fellow at the Cato Institute, evaluates the case of sanctions on Russia that have helped crash the ruble.
1: We have seen just a dramatic drop in the value of the ruble compared to other currencies, the dollar and the euro. Um, The ruble has been sort of slowly declining over the course of this year, um, partly sanctions mostly um, due to the drop in the price of oil, Um, but the last 40 hours have been particularly exciting as the ruble has dropped more than 10% of its value against the dollar. We've seen lines and shops in in Moscow with people trying to buy products, people trying to exchange their currency as fast as they can, and the ruble has pretty much plummeted. Um, So, some people are saying that this is the result of sanctions um, and that we should be celebrating um, that Russia's economy is now crashing.
0: What's wrong with that? I mean, that seems to be what a lot of people argue, this is why we engage in sanctions to put pressure on leaders to change certain policies, that that seems to be part and parcel with why we have sanctions.
1: Yeah. And it does. It seems logical, right? Sanctions, they're designed to punish an economy. That's not actually accurate. Sanctions are supposed to um, punish leaders in another country to make them change their behavior. So in the case of Russia, what we're trying to do is force Russian leaders in the Kremlin to reconsider their actions as regards ukraine Um, and the sanctions that were put in place on russia they weren't really designed to hurt the russian economy instead they were designed to target specific individuals or companies close to vladimir putin make it painful for the leaders without actually hurting ordinary russians too much Um, that is the opposite of what's actually happened
0: so what what is the result
1: well the result is largely due to the falling price of oil and partly due to sanctions that have made it more difficult for companies to access Western financing, um, the Russian economy is basically collapsing.
0: From a policy perspective, it seems like this puts the U.S. in a bad position. Uh, We're somewhat celebrating today the fact that the decades-long embargo against Cuba uh, is ending, and that Effectively, in a lot of ways helped prop up the Castro regime, that it was this uh, foreign devil that was uh, causing a lot of problems for Cuba. So what should U.S. policy be if the sanctions are not punishing the people that they're supposed to and instead are uh, harming average Russians.
1: Yeah, uh, the Cuba situation actually just really highlights a lot of the flaws with this approach to Russia. Um, The Kremlin has already been using Western sanctions as very much a scapegoat. Um, The Russian economy is actually very weak. It's weak for a variety of reasons. It's overly dependent on oil and natural gas exports. I think it's like 35% of Russian exports are oil. Um, The Russian economy is not diversified. Um, It's really just very um, corrupt and dependent on natural resources, but leaders are able to use sanctions just as they did in Cuba to blame the West for these problems. So President Putin's approval rating is still very high. It's, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was 85% approval rating, a level most US leaders could only dream of. And that's because state media is able to portray sanctions um, and Western actions as the reason why things are bad in the economy. So these policies, they can definitely backfire and achieve the the opposite result of what what we're looking for.
0: What should the United States do?
1: Well, so at this point, so the sanctions are entirely um, fixated on the issue of Ukraine. So for everything that people say that uh, the Russian regime is autocratic, it's um, nasty to its people, in fact, the sanctions are designed to get Russia to change its actions in Ukraine. So the logical thing to do at this point is to step in and try and find a negotiated settlement in the Ukraine case. Um, try and find a solution that allows both sides to get what they want that makes Russia back down somewhat or perhaps not losing all that much face um, in exchange for the removal of some of these sanctions. Um, the problem with that is Congress, which just last week passed an additional set of sanctions that was signed or is about to be signed by the president today, um, which add additional sanctions to Russian companies and even allow the president to arm Ukraine. As of this recording, we don't really know what uh, the Russian government is going to try and do about the crisis, but it sort of looks like they might try and power through, use their large um, reserves that they have from years of resource exporting to try and push through the crisis um, and hope that the price of oil will rise again in the near future. Um, we'll probably have a clearer picture of how the Kremlin's response will unfold and um, as Thursday of this week just so happens to be President Putin's annual uh, national press conference um, with open questions from journalists. So that will, be, that will be interesting.
0: Emma Ashford is a visiting research fellow at the Cato Institute. Read more of her work at Cato.org.